from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome to the Jack and Spike Show. We're going to be doing a deep dive into why the city of Seattle will be paying $10 million to BLM protesters. Spike, I didn't sleep well last night. I'm so sorry. Didn't sleep well. Just kept tossing and turning, having bad nightmares. BLM communists walking around with big bags of money. We got one over on you, Jack Stein. We got one over on you. I was just talking. Oh, please. Little, little BLM children. Robbing you of the sweet, sweet, what do you call them, the memes? The memes. Memes, yeah. I, I know how important how important that My is memes to you. My memes are very important Very to me. important. It's the building block of a good debt. I'm just tossing and turning, oh, looking do, at do, do, BLM do, do. activists, just oh. walking around, throwing $100 bills. Directly in my face. Were they using them to start small warming fires? Those those hundred dollar bills. That, those, yes. Well, yeah. Burn Blowing barrels of cash. Oh. With hundred dollar bills. So everybody's super upset about this, and I'm not totally sure why. From the standpoint of, uh, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people have been involved in a lawsuit. I've been involved in a lawsuit where I was suing somebody, and I think that if you're concerned about this ten million dollar price tag, let me kind of illuminate why this is actually a deal. It's a great deal. For the city. For the city. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you okay. So when I was suing my former boss, uh, my attorney, even though he was on a contingency, mm-hmm. he was still racking up his hours. Billable hours, they call it. Billable that. hours. Yeah. And so in all of the court documentation, on top of everything I was suing him for, there was also all the research that he did, mm-hmm. all the experts that he had to call sure. in. He's got to pay Aaron Brockovich and the whole research staff. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> right. And she's got kids to take care of at home. It's a lot of money going so, out. So when I, when my uh, former employer came to me and they wanted to settle, they had to write in the legal document that they weren't going to be liable for any attorney's fees it, You know, up until that point. Does oh, that make oh, sense? Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. So the reason that people settle in this way is so that this, the city basically doesn't have to pay out what would otherwise be much more than $10 million. I guarantee it. You're talking about 50 people, all with damages, all with physical injuries. Some permanent, permanent, permanent disfigurement. Permanent yep. disfigurement. Yep. You're looking yep. at possibly 80, 90, $100 million in damages. This is a great deal for the city. They're admitting no wrongdoing. Tip of the hat. Now we all go get to, uh, go our separate ways. Yeah. Thank you so much. We all win. But for some reason... It's well laid out, by the way. Thank you. I'd never know you were sleep deprived. <laughs> Seriously, you really put I'm, that put a pin tortured. on I'm tortured. I think I only slept for like two hours last night. I was just tossing and turning. You wouldn't believe it. People walking around, blue-haired lesbians with just stacks of $100 <laughs> Fat bills. Fat with cash. Fat, Fat with a PH. With going into Hermes, buying <laughs> scarves. In- it's not Hermes. Is it Hermes? I was in the middle of a joke. Like, I mean, this is what happens every time I'm trying to ramp up to a I'm just joke. Trying to hold on my solid D plus. No, you're like a jo- like a like a like a. You're the Darth Vader of good jokes. Every time I have a good joke. So I find your lack of getting to a point disturbing. We're gonna have Kate getting in here in a couple of few to go over the details, but just to kind of outline for people what the city was looking for. We're talking about a guy who had half of his hand blown off mm-hmm. by a flashbang grenade. We're talking about a young woman who went into cardiac arrest and was taken to a hospital because she was hit in the chest with a blast ball. We're talking about another man who was hospitalized in a coma. We're talking about another veteran who uses a cane who was, quote, gassed and tackled because he didn't run away fast enough. You're also talking about the city hiring a legal expert who was supposed to testify on their behalf, who actually found out, oh, wait a minute, you guys actually did violate. Yeah. Some pretty serious <laughs> yeah. civil whoops a do. 
this person was paid an unbelievable amount of money for that research. So for everybody out there who's like, oh, this is what did what did Hoffman say about this? Now Spike's been trying to ruin my my. I'm not. I'm stepping back. My burgeoning friendship with Ari Hoffman. Nope, I'm over. giving this room to grow. <laughs> I'm gonna step back. I'm gonna let the sun shine in. Well, we're trying to be nice because last time I mentioned Ari Hoffman on the show, he made fun of our ratings, which was like I made a cogent argument, and then he made fun of our ratings, which was like. You know, you're going to go low. Some people go high. It's whatever. But he said that uh, this is incentivizing rioting. I'm not really sure if that's totally accurate, being that I think what we're doing is trying to avoid like a like a ninety hundred million dollar bill. That's my assessment here. Like we're you're looking at someone who is permanently disfigured, half of their hand gone. What is that worth to a jury? Just think about this for two seconds. What is that worth? $5 $5 million, $10 million for half a hand. How about permanent hearing damage? Oh, there you go. How about the rest of your life? There you go. How about no grandkid ever whispering in grandpa's ear? What's right. that worth? What's that worth? What's your uterus worth, Miss Sanchez? Right. So when you talk about, uh, you know, the price tag on this, I think we're getting off pretty easy. And as a matter of fact, I think that Ann Davison, who I've interviewed several times, by the way, brilliant woman, this is the right call to make. This is why she's in that position, because she makes reasonable calls about lawsuits, which, again, if I can add another note on top of all this, this has been going on for three years. Can you imagine the bill that those lawyers who are representing those 50 people would be giving the city? What has that got to be? Couple mil. Oh well, at least in, in a ten million dollars settlement, won't the lawyers get with a forty percent of fair guesstimation? The contingency of their- is, is going to be right around thirty three to forty percent. Okay, so yeah. you know three and a half four million dollars. This they're settling this. It wasn't done yet. Hadn't gone to trial yet. That's when the money really starts to rack up. Right. This is in the research phase. Oh, this is brutal. so far. They probably covered the legal bills so far fairly with a thirty-five or three and a half to four million dollars settlement of this. Right. But but when you're when the city's experts witness comes in and says his argument is they should have known they'd be physically assaulted when they showed up to protest that was <laughs> that was assumed assumed risk is taking a stun bullet right. to the chest I don't it's assumed risk I don't think that those protesters are removed from from any culpability meaning meaning the people who actually did violent acts like I I think that the people who took over the East Precinct or whatever it is. I don't I'm not saying I'm not siding with those people whatsoever. Not at all. Not at all. I'm I'm siding with people who brought legitimate grievances to the court system and Ann Davison in her legal genius decided to basically avoid a nuclear bomb of a lawsuit using negotiations and legal acumen and I think quite frankly we got off easy if I haven't said that before. She avoided what could have been a 5 tenfold more oh, damage easily. to the city, monetary easily. damage to the city. Like, we, yeah. you want to talk about that little girl who has that respiratory damage from from the uh, what was that the pepper spray? I yeah. mean, like we can life. We go on and on and on about it, but what I keep reading from people is, oh, well, why? Well, what about the people on January sixth? Those people are going to be in prison for the rest of their life, while these BLM people get to walk around. Ah, uh, the love of a false equivalency. <laughs> I think Shakespeare coined it best when he said, "What are you talking about?" I'm just looking at this and I'm thinking, you guys, my dudes, my friends out there, we got off real easy on this. Thankfully, Kate Stone is in the studio, who wrote this great piece, so you don't have to take our word for it. You can actually, you can, you can actually go and you can read it. And Kate Stone is here to demonstrate I that am. for us. So yes. what happened with this, Kate Stone? Well, you know, I mean, I think you 
pretty much kind of summarized the the back and forth of it. You know, City Attorney Ann Davison said paying this settlement better than continuing the expensive legal battle with the Black Lives Matter protesters. Obviously, as you mentioned, there's a difference between the peaceful protests that happened in the streets of Seattle versus the East Precinct takeover, also known as CHOP. You know, this was going to be a difficult trial because a lot of the evidence from that time period is missing due to, you know, former Mayor Jenny Deleted Durkin's text, you text say? messages yeah, no going kidding. missing, as well as former Chief Carmen Best's text messages going missing. So we don't have a lot of evidence about who ordered what. Gee, I wonder who that would have helped, the city or the the lawsuit? Hmm. Maybe both. I mean, this is maybe both. Fair. You have to remember, this is in addition to the city paying three million dollars to the business owners who said that they were affected by chop. Very big. And according to the attorney for these fifty protesters, she says that the city spent another millions and millions of dollars on experts to do psychological evaluations on these protesters to try to, you know, go through their medical history and whatnot. They actually hired an expert. Expert, uh, who is from the University of Leeds, I believe, and he is considered one of the foremost experts on crowd policing. And Karen Kohler is the attorney for the pro- uh, protesters. Uh, she said he had this to say about the early days of that protest. He had never seen that level of force used in any democratic state. Now, a federal judge also issued in the days following George Floyd's death when the protests broke out in Seattle, which was May 20th of 2020, a federal judge issued a temporary restraining order on SPD saying they had used excessive force and he limited some of their crowd control techniques. A few months later, he said they violated his court order about crowd control techniques and indiscriminately fired tear gas, blast balls, other types of crowd control techniques into a crowd including people that were peacefully protesting, not just the people who were violent and destructive. vandalizing yeah, yeah. property, which did happen. Wow. Which, right. And I think that's the important distinction to make here is that there are people out there who were engaged in violent protest and they probably should have been broken up. And then there are other people like that nine-year-old or like that vet or like that, uh, that photographer who went down there who ended up getting the blast ball to the side of the head. Yeah. This, you you got to think about it. You're down there to document it as a journalist, as a photojournalist, and you get a blast ball to, to the temple and you go into a coma. At a certain point in time, you're going to get medical bills. You're going to get rehab bills. Who's going to pay for that? It's going to be the city. So when I read this stuff, that's like, oh, well, they're incentivizing people to riot. And like, I, that, that's the it's line like, that kills please, me. Kills me. please, can we think about this in a much more pragmatic way other than just, yeah, well, we're paying these BLM activists out. You're paying out people that had claims and permanent damage. I mean, this is like pretty basic. You have to also remember this was an unprecedented time for the city of Seattle. Seattle is no stranger to protest. People protest about a lot of things all the time. But I lived in First Hill during this time. I mean, thousands of people marching in the streets. I went out to watch it. And so did Bruce Clayton Tom. He was actually a photojournalist. He took some of the photos that are on my Northwest, the black and white photos. He just went to watch it. And he says that police were firing blast balls at him even though he was standing off to the side trying to take pictures naturally of course i would want to disperse for my safety the way they were blasting everybody but i just found it such an irony when they were saying you know move 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 and when you tried to move they would shoot at you he says he got hit by a projectile and was actually bleeding and you know had his has his skin all gashed up just from trying to go and you know take pictures of this and and you know bear witness to it and and i mean i was standing nearby and watching 
the protests as well. I didn't get hit or anything like that. I wasn't close enough. But, you know, you have to remember that that not just the protesters were out there. There were other people, too. And the federal judge in his ruling said that Seattle police fired indiscriminately. You know, Hannah Scott, Hannah Scott, former reporter here at Cairo Radio. She was down there one time and I was talking to her about it on the night show back when I was hosting that before you took my job from me. And uh, viciously, I might add, by the way, Spike, if I can throw that out there. I think it was a peaceful protest. I think, it's, <laughs> I think the judge's decision was clear on that. So I'm making uh, I'm making this big anti-BLM argument. And this is, you know, we're live. And Hannah goes, uh, Jack, you know, actually, I, I was there and it was actually pretty bad. And I was like, what? what tell, can you tell me? Right. <laughs> can you tell me what went on? And she was talking about watching kids down there that were having to run away from blast balls and flashbangs and having nowhere to go and being pushed up against walls. And she just, and Hannah is a very good reporter and she's basically describing a war zone where people were unable to move anywhere. They're being told to disperse and people are bleeding and they're getting hurt. So you're describing third world tactics, militaristic tactics that we're seeing in in places all around the globe. And, and, we don't need to see on the streets of America. Right. I mean, the, the, the SPD, as, as Katie said, they had been warned about excessive use and the tactics they were They were also using. still uh, under a consent decree that, at yeah, that point as well. And to go out at that point and still just wreak havoc on a protesting population, not rioters, God, that just... Well, some of them were there rioting. Were some, there some were the, some. some but there, are those included in these 50 settlements? The, the, I guarantee you that a, a violent rioter property destruct is not one of the 50 people who reached the settlement so, with the city so, today. But even if, they, even if there is somebody on that list, if they were injured by SPD, they still have the right to bring that to court. And That's fair. For whatever reason, the, the lawyers didn't parse it out. It's 50 people all lumped in. So that's what you just – you can either – you can either adjudicate this for the next, what, 18 months, right. and you can continue to rack up bills for everybody, and then the city's going to have to pay out 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 million dollars to these people, and then damages on top of all that, and then lawyer's fees on top of all that. Or what you can do is you can cut clean at 10 mil. That's a great deal. Every t- everybody every should be breathing a sigh of relief. Right, and what the attorneys wanted to press yesterday is yes they are settling for the 10 million but they said they really wanted to show the scope of this because back at the time there was so much focus on chop there was so much focus on the people that were you know taking over the east precinct that some of this kind of flew under the radar and some of these people according to the attorneys have traumatic permanent injuries karen kohler said this we have people who teenager part of her hand blown off because they're less lethal. They won't kill you, they'll just maim you. There's a photo that someone shared with, one of the protesters shared with me that we did not put on My Northwest because it has a child in it, but it is a child, six or seven years old, screaming, crying, they're pouring milk on her because she had been tear gassed directly in the face. Yeah, I'm going to say you show that to a jury, my guy. You think you think about what that does to a group of people or even a judge. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think that the images that, that we have over at My Northwest, people can go and look at them. I think that people need to think about this less from an outrage standpoint. Just because BLM is a garbage organization doesn't mean that these people have valid claims. You know what I mean? These are not... Things that rely on each other. Absolutely true. To be true. And so I'm just thinking about it like this. If this was a bunch, it was 50 MAGA people and they had been, you know, uh, tear gassed and a hand was blown off and a little girl was crying 
and the city was like, we're going to settle with him for $10 million, I'd be saying the exact same thing. As, we, as you should. I'd be, Absolutely. Thank God Ann Davison is in there to say, you know what? I'm getting rid of this as fast as I possibly can because it's just not worth it. She knows what she's doing, and people got to give her credit. Anybody who says otherwise is lying to you about the way that the law works. Full stop. Anybody who says they could have proved this and they could have done this and what about blah, 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 blah. That is somebody who's just using this as a narrative rather than thinking about this pragmatically, which is you, you want to get out clean. This is a way to do it. And unless you've been in a lawsuit like how I've been in a lawsuit where someone is trying to settle, when they're trying to settle, they are praying that you settle, right? They, yeah, want, they want you to take that number. And, and the stuff Kate brought in, that's just the tip of the iceberg of the evidence presented in this trial. How do you, how do you argue that the city had a shot at winning this and case? And the King County judge already, as Jack mentioned, dismissed that argument that they had assumed risk by being protesters. There's a First Amendment right to gather to protest peacefully. And if, if all of these protesters were doing so, which they claim they were, then they should have been protected from a retaliatory response, which is what they say SPD did. Kate Stone, this is a phenomenal piece of journalism. Just everything that you've collected. I highly recommend that people go read the entirety of it over at My Northwest. Check out the images. Look at the videos because there are TikTok videos that are, in, excuse me, Facebook videos that are embedded in this. We tweeted it out too. On, Perfect. Uh, Jack and Spike. Highly Which recommend it. MyNorthwest.com. The title of it is, uh, they brutalized them. Seattle to pay $10 million to BLM protesters when we get back. Interminally online, as I spend way too much time on the internet, there was uh, an incident in which Elon Musk was talking about Twitter, my favorite app. And he was talking about why he was choosing to demonetize some people, why some people weren't getting access to advertisers. Okay. And I thought to myself, this, didn't he say something about advertisers about a month ago where he was talking about no one was going to blackmail him? And oh, then that's I, right. He told them to do something. He told them to do something. What so I that? asked Lore to pull the clips so we can all refresh our memories mm. about what it means to be an advocate for free speech and the <clears throat> platform of beacon or whatever he calls it these days we'll take a really quick break we'll be right back right after this the internet can be a dark and often dangerous place only one man has the courage to go where no sensible person would go jack stein is terminally online terminally online I was suffering from severe insomnia last night, and so I was spending an inordinate amount of time on the internet, because everybody knows if you want to fall asleep, you look at blue light in the dark, right? (laughs) Everybody knows all the literature backs that up. And so I'm scrolling through Twitter. I'm doom scrolling, just swoop, 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 Nazi, OnlyFans, oh, cats, stop on the cats for a little while, swoop, Nazi, so on and so forth. And then I come across a video of the owner of Twitter, Elon Musk, and he's speaking to Ben Shapiro, and he's talking about how many accounts have been demonetized on Twitter. Okay. Now, one of the initiatives that Elon Musk tried to do in order so he, that he wouldn't lose his company, pardon me, so in order to try to make money, was that he started uh, offering people revenue, but big name people revenue to tweet. And if, you're engaged, if your tweet's got a lot of engagement, he'd give you money. As a result of that. So some people got some pretty big payouts because of this, right? Okay. So some of these accounts, though, started noticing, wait a second, I'm getting demonetized. I'm not getting any money. I'm losing followers. What's going on? My engagement is going down. What's going on? And they were accusing Elon Musk of shadow banning people. He said, I thought this was a free speech platform. And so one of these accounts actually confronted Elon Musk about this. And he decided that he would mention the circumstance to one Ben Shapiro 
And here is what Elon Musk, Mr. Free Speech, had to say about why these accounts are losing their monetization. Not safe for advertisers, meaning it's, a, it's a, the topic is too contentious to expect that advertisers will uh, advertise you know, with that account. Um, if you take like Dom DeLuca as an example recently where you know, he, he says some pretty edgy stuff, um, and that's okay, but, but just, just as he has the, 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 the right to say edgy stuff, some of it which, which is untrue, and he gets community known it all the time, um, but uh, advertisers also have the right to not advertise uh, on Don DeLuca's uh, posts. You know, so it's like, you know, his freedom to, he has freedom to say what we want, but he doesn't have, he, he can't coerce advertisers to advertise. Advertisers have the freedom to do what they want. He doesn't have the right to coerce advertisers. I thought, well, that's interesting because I remember, didn't Elon Musk say something about a month ago where he was talking about advertisers that he felt were trying to coerce him? I think I, he used the word blackmail. I think he used the word blackmail, yeah, which is yeah. a synonym of coercion. Mm-hmm. So let us, I thought, and so Laura found this clip and it completely slipped my mind. I completely, you know, because Elon is such a consistent man in his ideology. <laughs> That I yeah. thought, well, of course he would have repeated the same sentiment when he was speaking in front of the world about a month ago, right? So mm-hmm. I said, Laura, pull that clip because I don't really remember it and I don't want to listen to it until we're on air. But pull that, go ahead and play that clip because didn't he say that basically the same thing like a month ago, right? Don't advertise. Oh. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> well, wait. But go f- yourself. Oh, okay. I thought I heard that. Okay, okay, okay. All right, right. So, I, I misheard that real I, quick. I thought I misheard. <laughs> I, I could have sworn that he said that he wanted advertisers and that he. That I'm totally mixed up now. I thought that this was. This You're man, mixed up. I thought that this man was a beacon of free speech and he wasn't kowtowing to advertisers. And now he's saying. We kowtow to advertisers because of not safe for work content. Isn't that what old Twitter did? Isn't that what the the system that old Twitter had when they would remove advertisement from certain people and shadow ban them? Or am I wrong? Didn't he buy the entire platform so that people wouldn't get shadow banned? Right, and he fired all the people who did that kind of work. I wonder if they're, I wonder if they're still available to come back. I wonder, isn't that so weird? I was told that this was a man... This is so funny. You can tell the more sarcastic I get, the higher my voice gets. Awesome. <laughs> I was told. <laughs> well, he puts the hip in hypocrisy. I'm just, I'm just saying, happy. this is a level of, this is why I, I can't stand the sycophants who are around that man, who every time he says something that they like, they go, Elon Musk is on fire. Elon Musk defending truth and freedom. Elon Musk, blah, 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 blah. That guy, Dom Lucra on Twitter, is he's a conspiracy theorist, and, and but he also has the right to say what he wants to say. Absolutely. He can be as anti-Semitic and as weird as he wants to be. Um, at the same time, the fact that Elon Musk will not come to his defense, deeply cringe. Deeply cringe. Because what he should be saying is that if you don't want to advertise on my platform, you can go blank yourself. That's what he said a month ago. Sure, but right. now, all of a sudden, he's saying, well, you see, uh, coercion 
is bad. And so we don't want, we can't expect advertisers to want to advertise with everybody. Again, that is the system that old Twitter had. They had tiered rating. They had basically like a tiered advertising system. And if you were devalued enough, no advertisements would show up in your thread. And then they wouldn't promote it. They wouldn't push it. People called that shadow banning. In a sense, it was. And now he's saying he's doing the same thing. So you're either, you can either see through the facade of a crony capitalist selling people a narrative and realize, oh, this guy just lies. Or you can say he's a beacon of free speech and Twitter is so much better and isn't it so great, even though he literally is taking money away from a guy who has supported him in his efforts of free speech. Did right? He, did, no, you're right. Did, but did he finally just realize the, the trajectory of this business model? Of letting anything go I think he and got, being the beacon I, of free speech? I think he got a call from the Saudis That's what and they say, said, man. hey man, uh, so we loaned you like seven bill yeah. about a year ago or so. we have so. a meeting at our embassy? Is there any way maybe you might, I, we, hear <laughs> you're in, we hear you're in uh, Israel right yeah, now. Just yeah. a quick puddle jump right over to us. Yeah. Just curious, maybe you could drop off that check for us. Right oh, hey, we'll come to you. Hey, well, sure. You know, Make it easy. Just, I noticed we wrote it on it. It's a napkin that says I owe you, but it's still legal, right? This is a contract that we drafted up when we when we loaned you that seven bill so that you could buy that company, but, right? But I, I, the hypocrisy just is hysterical. But isn't this great news? Isn't this... A course correction for no, because free this, speech is dead, well, and I won't stand for it. I I wanted I want I wanted the Elon Musk who was out there and he was saying, you know what, you guys, gosh darn it, you can't coerce me, Bob Iger, you can't coerce me, yeah. Xfinity Overlord Skynet. There's something admirable about that. You can't coerce me because I believe in free speech, even though I dress like a guy who's three times divorced. I mean, it's like <laughs> you can't. <laughs> You can't, uh, it, through my ketamine haze, I say that as a statement of opinion, not a statement of fact, through my ketamine haze and through my money-induced comas, mm-hmm. I I literally was bathing on my golden coins thinking free speech is so important. You're not going to take that away from me, Bob Iger. No one will, unless uh, it's me taking it away from somebody <laughs> else, because then it's totally acceptable. I, I want that guy back. My heart is broken. I'll never recover from this. I, I'd rather have the platform that was so useful to so many back, which we don't, have any, we don't have anymore. It was great back in the day. You know, may, maybe this is, a, this is a attack back to a more viable business model for him, keep his creditors happy, and give the people who relied on this platform daily, people like the Cairo Newsroom, ah. whose, whose tweet deck was decimated when the swell rolled in. The fog of porn and and anti-Semitism and and bigotry and hate that rolled in when the guardrails got sent home. Maybe we're headed back in the right direction. And all it takes is is him to be a hypocrite. I just, you know, I just... It's hard to watch... It's hard to watch. Convictions die. It's hard hard. to watch a great man (laughs) fall. It's hard to watch a spine turn to jelly right before your eyes. Look at what capitalism does to strong men, right? Dang it. it. Another (laughs) victim of the capitalist overlords. Am I right or am I right? Dang it. I'm going to go weep at the foot of the uh, Stalin hey, statue, speaking the of, Lenin statue speaking in, in three months. Speaking of weeping, by the <laughs> way, there's a movie that I just found out was being remade, and I just saw really? the trailer for it. Really? Good? Good it, news? No. Oh. No, but it's about a house on the road. <laughs> oh. And we're going to talk about it. When remake? We get, yeah, remake. We'll be right back right after this. So as a child of the 90s, this is Stevie Ray got to be Stevie Ray, right? I have some doors. Who is it? Jeff Healy. 
Jeff Healy. Jeff oh, Healy. Oh, because that's who was playing oh, at the, that's at right. the Double Deuces, baby. So as a child of the uh, of the 90s, many of the films that were instrumental to my development, my perception of the world, mm-hmm. were made late 80s, mid 80s okay. that I would later go on to watch. Because uh, the only content that I could watch that wasn't like religious content was my mom would take us to the movie store. Okay. And so then we would take it home. And my mom didn't care about what the ratings were on movies, which wow. still to this day, I'm not sure why. <laughs> well, but, because she wanted you to a glimpse into a world that you couldn't get from the comfort of your home. Yeah, or maybe right? she just, because my mom's kind of functionally illiterate. So maybe oh, she just couldn't really. I didn't want to go there. Maybe she just couldn't really tell. <laughs> but so one of the movies, so we were at like eight or nine years old. I was watching Robocop. I was watching, wow. you know, uh, Total Recall. Roll, I yeah. great. The three, Britain, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. So I was watching Terminator. I was watching all of it, man. The mm. Abyss, you name it. So one of the films that I saw when I was very young was Roadhouse. And I was obsessed with this movie when I was eight, nine, ten years old. Patrick Swayze, uh, he's a cooler at a bar in Missouri. Sam Elliott is in there. You've got Kelly Lynch. You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh. Kelly Lynch back in the day. As, Man. As, one thing about an acting stretch as a doctor. <laughs> Kelly Lynch portraying someone who graduated from medical school. I was just obsessed wow. with the film. And so... I, it's one of the best kind of hokey 80s movies ever made. It's quintessentially 80s. Everything about it from the hair to the speaking to the jokes that's in it. I mean, it's it's just, a, in my mind, is perfect for what it is. Yes. Top to bottom. It is perfect for being a hokey 80s movie. I found out, unfortunately, and this breaks my heart to say this, that somebody decided that perfection needed to be remade with Jake Gyllenhaal. It's coming out on Amazon Prime in March. Yeah. For some reason... In the in the Swayze role? In the, Jake Gyllenhaal plays the Swayze role. No, 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 no. They moved it from Missouri to Florida. And <laughs> <laughs> he's a retired MMA fighter who gets a job as a cooler, even though he's never worked as a cooler before which defeats the whole purpose of calling him a cooler because that's what Roadhouse is about. So basically, it's like when they remade RoboCop and they said, you know everything that made this movie good? Let's get rid of it. (laughs) We're going to really shake this up. Let's just replace it with something else because obviously people want something new. No, if I wanted something new, I would go and I would rewatch RoboCop because I find something new every time I watch it. That's right. What I would not do is waste a bunch of everybody's time and money remaking Roadhouse. So my basic postulation is this. Some things don't need to be remade. There are some movies out there that are just perfect. Front to back, perfect Mm -hmm. films. Mm -hmm. Pulp Fiction is a perfect film. You cannot remake that with Jake Gyllenhaal and Denzel Washington. (laughs) It just wouldn't work. I'm sorry, it just wouldn't work. It It wouldn't be the same thing, right? You can't remake. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Jake Gyllenhaal is our man Vincent from Amsterdam. No, it right. would no. Oh, right. No. Every attempt at a remake has been bad. From the Total Recall remake mm-hmm. was, even though I love Colin Farrell, it was not a good movie. Right. Now, now, now there. Are, mm, Everyone. No, I, I, I with you. There, you say some movies shouldn't be remade. Don't just, or, you, no, you said don't need. To they be don't remade. need to be. I would. I would postulate that, that Roadhouse that should never. They shouldn't dare. To touch that movie in, in, in the form of a remake. Right. 
And if you're going to base it in Florida, wouldn't the cooler be, I don't know, Kevin James? Chubby. Yeah. Doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah. His uncle gave him the job. Or, he should play the villain. It should be uh, someone like someone kind of toothless, not a, not really good dental care. You know what I mean? Drinks a lot of Mountain Dew. Florida man. Florida man. Go, now, now I, goes to work in a golf cart. If, if we're going to try to be productive here. <laughs> <laughs> with flames on it, um, in, in an all golf community, right? Where but, he is but, kind of a dark overlord of an all golf community. But he doesn't actually See, golf. We, we could write a better script. Yeah, I could write a we way really, better. Script. We really could write a better script. Roadhouses. I, I, you're right. It's 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 the, as much frontal nudity as hairspray were used in the making of the original Roadhouse to make it perfect. Right. A perfect exactly. 80s movie. Exactly. Okay? Just it, enough. Just enough. Not too much. Not, not too much. Perfect. Just right on the line. And so, and also, I, I got to say this: <laughs> Patrick Swayze as an actor in the roles that he was in was always phenomenal. Everything that he was ever in. The okay. guy was a really class actor. I don't think he gets a lot of the credit that he should get as an actor. Yeah, he gets, he's got pretty man syndrome. Well, I think partially because he died so young, right? That's true too. But if yeah, you think horrible, about all of loss. all of his roles, Ghost, Dirty Dancing, yep. whatever it was. To Wong Fu. I mean... I gotta tell right. you, man. Brilliant. I'm just... Brilliant. The, everything that he was in, he was phenomenal in. And Jake Gyllenhaal is a good actor, he doesn't have the riz that Patrick Swayze had back in the day. He just doesn't have it. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. No, no, I, I hear you. He can play uh, like Nightcrawler or Donnie Darko where he's dark and brooding and insane. That's great. Laura, are you backing me up on this? He doesn't have the riz that Patrick Swayze has, right? P. Hayes, as I call him. Yeah, no. No. Doesn't have it. I mean, he's, he's a wonder. He's a wonder. John Hall's a wonderful actor. He's got range. He's got he can play a lot of things. There is no, there is no other Swayze. There's right. no second. Swayze. That's just what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so, if happen. there was a movie that I would say could potentially be remade, I was going to go with it. Maybe okay. what? I'd have to really think about it because a lot of the movies that I I'm invested in, I just mm-hmm. think that they're perfect. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. That movie is funny <laughs> top to bottom. Yeah, I don't think that you could redo any of the jokes in that movie because they're just so good. Right. Well, Mel Brooks created such an atmosphere when he worked. Right. That, that that that's what you can't recreate. You can put another group of actors in and make Young Frankenstein. You can remake Blazing Saddles, but no one will ever be able to capture the the vibe of a, of a Mel Brooks movie set. Yeah, I guess it's like when you make art, when you're creating in a time and a space, and it it's packaged in that time and space. That's the magic is in that the creation of yes, it. Yes, yes. You can't really take it. Gladiator, just to give you guys an example, I was talking about this with Spike yesterday. Like seventy percent of that movie is improvised because the script. I had no idea. It was most of it was written on set. Most of it was written on between set between the and the actors themselves. And, and Ridley yeah. Scott would say to Russell Crowe, "I need you to do this in the scene, and just play with it." You can't really, and people remember those speeches, right? Where he's like, he's talking about his wife and his kid and all that other people. Oh yeah, yeah those are totally end. improvised. Uh, Brando in Apocalypse Now. All those speeches are improvised. You're kidding me. Every really? single one of them. Top oh. to bottom. It was like a snail on a on a razor's edge. <laughs> All of that completely improvised. It's there's magic there. You and to try to like that. repackage that is just kind of gross. We'll take a really quick break when we get back. Biggest national story of the day is the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, who I've got a very funny story that everybody's going to want to hear. He has decided to defy the Supreme Court border ruling. Ted Cruz made a very interesting claim about Joe Biden. Bunch of GOP governors are backing Abbott in the border standoff. Not necessarily going to get into the politics of it as much as the philosophy of it. Okay, okay. Any big head can talk about the politics of it, but the the philosophy of it is a little bit different. We'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back.